show number 40 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Does it make you feel old, show number 40? It doesn't make me feel old. I'm trying to remember 40. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel young. How was that? Was that good? That was really good. It is the best of times and the worst of times. Well, you know, the best thing that I like about being over 40 is that you really just stop caring about a lot of things you used to care about, (laughs) like what people think. Yep. Yep. It's so liberating. It is. You're like, why did I care what people thought about me? Fuck them. It is. You know, somebody gives you a weird look, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. None of your business. Whatever it is you're looking at me weird for. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, for me, it goes along with the philosophy um, of people who, for whom high school was the best time of their lives, it's all downhill from there. Uh-huh. And if high school was, was mediocre or even bad for you, it just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. It really does. Excelsior, you know. <laughs> Excelsior, you know. <laughs> well, I like that. Well, you know, ever upwards. That's right. That's what it means. Uh, it's also that stuff that you put in boxes for packing but that doesn't matter right now um (laughs) it's true okay we have so much stuff we were sitting here going all right let's try to write down all the stuff we need to do in this show and the list just is endless endless okay so So let's start (laughs) let's start and i'm gonna make a suggestion yeah that because you want to eat your peanut butter cup (laughs) i should talk about that spader movie i saw please talk about the spader movie because you haven't said anything to me about it other than that little cryptic email you sent so i saw On cable TV, within the past week or so, a movie from 1996 called Crash. So we're not talking about Crash that just won the Mm -hmm. Oscar. Mm -hmm. And this starred James Spader and Holly Hunter. Mm -hmm. And the description was something like, um, after surviving a near-fatal car accident, two people become obsessed with the connection between sex and death and join a club of people who reenact celebrity car crash deaths. <laughs> oh, good. She's about to snort peanut butter cup out her nose. This will be a first, listeners. <laughs> okay. So I watched this movie, and Spader was lean and mean and hot, and there was a fucking lot of fucking in this movie. A lot of nudity. A lot of sex. Did you see his butt? Yeah. Ooh. You saw his butt. You you know, you could see muscles and stuff. Because like I said, he was really lean. The woman playing his wife was not Holly Hunter. And, oh my God, she was so bad. Because you can put Spader in these movies where, just by saying things in this sort of bland tone, they seem to take on meaning. Mm -hmm. And then you put this bad actress in the same (laughs) position and it's like okay this has no meaning (laughs) suddenly you're seeing this but um anyway like i said there is a huge amount of sex james spader had i don't know how many sex scenes in this he had sex in the car he had sex in the bed uh, it's it's sex lots of places he also had a gay sex (gasps) scene with open mouth kissing who was having sex with another man (laughs) It, okay, like a I, recognizable actor? No, no. Okay. I think it was the guy, in fact, I'm pretty sure it was the guy who ran the um, Let's Reenact Celebrity um, Car Crash Deaths Club. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Here's the other thing. It had 
the second weirdest car wash scene <laughs> I've ever seen. Okay. They go to, and I can't remember exactly why. Oh, they get blood on the car. Mm-hmm. So the the guy who runs the club says, I know an all-night car wash. <laughs> So they go through the all-night car wash with Spader driving the car while Holly Hunter and the other guy have sex in the back seat. Okay. And all I'm thinking is, when they're kind of sitting around waiting to do the next take or something, does Spader ever say to Shatner, you know, I was in this totally strange movie where... I drove a car through a car wash in the middle of the night while two other people were having sex in the back seat. And Bill, being Bill, and being so competitive, would say, first of all, if it was me, I would have been the one having sex and driving the car at the same time. But also, I did a movie where I drove a car through a car wash in the middle of the night, and it wasn't an open car wash. It was We broke into it, and I was chasing a man who was going very slowly through all the brushes and scrubbers. And Spader would just go, You win. And Bill what else says, did you say? William Shatner. It's very strange. Very strange. Was it a good movie? No, it was, it was stupid. It was a stupid movie. Okay. And it was only about an hour and a half long, and it was stupid, but I stayed with it because I was trying to figure out, what the fuck oh. is going on with this? Where is it going? And it never really does go Okay, that, that's sort of what I wanted to, to know. Um, while you were you were telling me this, I was doing a little bit of, of searching online, and um, there is a place that we've mentioned before, which is the, the James Spader meeting place, which is for people who are extremely fanatical about it. And someone has done a few screen caps from Crash, so oh, no! I just, I'm looking at it, and um, I'm going to, if we find something good, we'll see there's some pictures of Spader. Of of his face. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting to see whether there's some, some Okay, sexy here's some stuff. sex with Holly Hunter in a car. Ooh. Here's sex with the wife. Uh-huh. Oh, it's uh it looks like Chris Maloney. Okay, maybe that's who it is. I don't know who Chris oh, Maloney is. Oh, oh my god. That would be scary if he's had sex with Chris Maloney. That's who he had I believe had the gay sex with. Uh, oh, it looks like he's smoking a joint there. Oh yeah, he smokes a joint. Wow. Ooh, he's nearly naked. Or he is naked, but you can almost see everything. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. the wife. Wow. That's a nice picture. She's way too Here's bony, Here's the though. other thing I was noticing. In this movie, the sex looked really real. Oh. As far as, like, the positions they were in and the way they were moving. Remember, there was a movie recently that got, like, a really, um, they had to tone it down and everything because they said it had excessive thrusting. <laughs> Excessive thrusting here, but not excessive in a realistic, you know, it was realistic thrusting. That uh-huh. is what I'm trying to say. It wasn't movie, just sort of moving a little. Like this was grinding, yeah. This was moving. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I, I will probably post a little link to this section in case you guys want to see some of these screen caps, because they're very, very good screen caps. They were obviously done right off the DVD. Um, I just, I just... Really wish they had a screen cap from the car wash. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through just in case there's some more. Whoops. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. What was <laughs> that? Ooh. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, the, the movie opens with him. He's a movie producer 
doing this woman uh-huh. um, in the cutting room. Right. I and it intercuts with his wife, wherever she works, doing somebody at her office. Oh, okay. So this is a very doing movie. <laughs> With a car wash. Bill probably respected him greatly for making this movie. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. And he looks really good in it. He does. He, he looks good. <sighs> but once again, Bill Bill wins. Oh, <laughs> there was a car wash. I think that... Is that the car wash? Yeah, you see? Oh, there they are. There we are. Yep. And he's sort of watching in the rear view yeah, mirror yeah, as this is going on. Wow. Yep. Very interesting. Oh, there's her leg. Mm-hmm. So somebody screen capped the whole car wash scene. Uh, yeah, it pretty much looks like it. Wow. Well, some the people here did an awful lot of screen capping. Now I have to look in IMDb to find out if that really is Chris <laughs> Maloney. Because I have to know. Okay, I you have, have to, to know. know these things. I, I understand know. completely. Um, cool. So, you know, if you guys have, have seen this movie... Love to hear your reaction to it. Yeah. He has been in a lot of movies, hasn't he? Spader? Spader, yeah. yeah. And in the 90s, especially, he was in a lot of movies that completely flew under the radar. Right. All right. Oh, look, it was written by David Cronenberg. It's a David Cronenberg movie. And he is... He's a director who is famous for... Really gross movies. Not gross in the way that people's heads explode, mm-hmm. but gross in a very um, squirm-inducing way. Oh, uh, well, this wasn't squirm-inducing, but this was, like, pretentious artsy-fartsy. Okay. So let's see who else is in it. Um, James Bader, Holly Hunter. Catherine Ballard plays the wife, and she's okay. terrible. Um, uh, Rosanna Arquette is in it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. It is not Chris Maloney, so I was wrong about that. Hmm. I don't know who the guy was. Not recognizing any of these other names. Rated NC-17 for numerous explicit sex scenes. Yeah. It was also dubbed into Swedish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those Swedes, they love a good sex in the car wash scene. Oh, look at that. Okay, so... It was taken from a book by J.G. Ballard, which I've never read, but I know his work, and, and Ballard is a weird guy, and I don't see how you could really adapt this to... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that Ballard writes is very... It, it's sort of science fiction-y in a way, mm-hmm. and it's very much um, fantastic and weird and disturbing, but I, I can't imagine that you could ever, like, make a movie out of it because it's not real. It's not mm-hmm. realistic sort of stuff. That is very, very strange. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for, for telling us about that. that That's was, okay. That was good. Um, let's go to... Oh, let's talk about some of the email that we got. Okay. Um, specifically, one thing that we had forgotten to mention as we talked about um, our experiences at the Shatner Weekend was the composition of the folks who went there. Oh, right, right. Right. So we had an email from our pal, Howard, who has who writes to us often, um, asking how many guys there were in the group. And, you know, I have to say, I was wondering about that, too. Um, because I Even had while a- we were there, we were wondering how many <laughs> No. I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> so before we got there, um, I... <laughs> No, actually, I was wondering how many men there were in the Shatner fan club, first mm-hmm. of all, because you're there a lot more than I am, and I just assumed it would be all women, really, because, I mean, we've talked about, you know, why Shatner has appealed to men, but it seems like 
guys are not really into fan club joining behavior. You know, it's much more of a girly sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Organized stalking. Yeah. Uh, guys are such loners, you know. They never join Guys clubs. aren't really joiners. They're not really yeah. joiners. Especially not fan clubs. <laughs> so, um, what did Howard say? He, he guessed uh, he 80 He guessed 20? it would be like 80% women or 20% men. Uh-huh. And Howard, ding, 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 you win the prize. Yeah. Because that's like practically dead on for the percentages. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And uh, the the guys who were there were longtime fans and had done this before. Well, except for um, the one guy. I don't know. Should we mention names or anything? I mean, I don't want to out people. Probably not. Anyway, there was a, a young man there mm-hmm. from Germany. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was, what, like 23 or he something? He was pretty Somebody young. Said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he had been a fan club member for a while, and he had come the year before mm-hmm. also, I think. Yes. So uh, he he was familiar with the experience. I mean, we were really the only newbies who were there. On yeah, we were the, yeah. the only new people. So it was interesting to see them. And I think um, if we had had uh, more time in a better environment, it would have been interesting to talk to them to find out what their motivation was and, you know, why they liked Bill so much. And maybe we'll get to do that eventually because mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool. Because I think most of the folks that we've talked to have been women, mm-hmm. you know, our friends and people yes. who are into Shatner um, and, and a few outliers that we've gotten the email from. <laughs> but it would be fun to do some interviews with some guys mm-hmm. and have them have them gush about Bill. Well, I remember early in the podcast when we were getting so much and we continue to, but we were so surprised that we were getting fan mail from so many guys, and a number of them talked about the man crush, which yeah. I, I just found fascinating. Mm-hmm. Not that such a thing exists, but, you know, to to, to get the guy's point of view on that was yep. great. It was wonderful. <sighs> okay. Uh, was there more email that we needed to, to talk about? Oh, let me see what I've got here. I had something open that we were going to talk about. I will mention one other really funny thing um, okay. that our, our friend uh, Greg, our man in New Zealand, said. And I don't know why he didn't post this on the blog because it would have been really, really funny. But um, when he saw that picture of Bill and Doodles, his comment was, of course, <laughs> did he do her? <laughs> he says he did not... Um, Post it because he was afraid we would be offended. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's us. <laughs> okay, here's an email. This came to me personally, not as a result of the podcast. Or maybe, kind of. <sighs> Hold oh, on. Oh, see, you shouldn't have put your computer to sleep is yeah, what it was. well, you know, yeah. these things happen. Okay. Come on. There we go. The interwebs. We have the interwebs. You okay. Know, this is on uh, Holy Love, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy Love. But it is an art. It is a thing. If I can it's a ever, thing? I can ever get it to come up about... A fiendish thingy? Christian sex toy. <gasps> oh, that's scary. And now I can't even find it on the website. It seems to be the first time I went there. It was there. Christian sex toys? Okay, let me just do a search. That's so scary. Well, there's some videos about the Christian attitude towards uh, uh, sexuality. Wait, wait. It does, the, the t- oh, it's in the UK, holylove.co.uk. Great products and advice celebrating God's fantastic give of sex within Christian marriage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these aren't specifically like Christian toys, but there are a, a ton of sex toys on this 
this Christian website. Wow. There's something called the Come On England Candy Bra. <laughs> a candy bra? We gotta investigate this. Oh, wouldn't it get all sticky? Come on, England. Score for your team with this fantastic candy bra with St. George crosses emblazoned across the front of each cup. Look at this. I see that. Made from those little candy beads that you loved so much as a kid. See also the panties and men's pouch in the same Oh, design. so it's like kind of a red Sonia outfit. It's like a chainmail <laughs> bikini, except it's made out of those little candies. candies. Oh, man. Wow. And that, that's, that's modern Christianity. And, you know, I could... <laughs> could you know maybe sign up for this type of religion oh come clean wipes lust dust uh, next to the quality white satin bra <laughs> i have to tell you what's quality the come on england candy g-string wow those those wow okay <laughs> i'm just looking at the men who are modeling the g-strings um, I also want to point out we had an email from our good buddy down under Maynard, yes, um, telling us you know that he had a he had heard some movie where someone said my cooter likes that a lot. <laughs> so thanks Maynard. But he also told us that um, a slang word, another slang word for cooter that I'd never encountered uh-huh. before, smoo. You think that's going to get us in trouble in Australia? Because didn't he imply that it was a a pretty uh, raunchy word? Okay. That's what I thought. I, I'm good with that, though. Okay. It makes me think of schmoo. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> me too. I'm still looking at this website. Female Climax Cream. Now, I am just imagining you open the jar <laughs> and hear the screams of ecstasy. But <laughs> the cream is climaxing. Or if you just, like, if you put your finger in it. You just have to touch it. Pass that jar. Pass that jar around. Don't bogart that jar. <laughs> Climax nipple gel. And God approves all this stuff? God I mean, this is what I want to know. Is like, who approves what goes on the site and what doesn't go on the site? You know, does does God do it? Does he have Jesus go down and do it? You know, do they have a little audience and say, Jesus, could you come here and approve this product list that we have going on here? And Jesus goes down the list and he says... The candy bra is in, the candy panties are in, the dildo, out, right out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but big, big Christian thumbs up to orgasm cream. cream. Yeah, I approve of that. Now, <laughs> call me next week and I'll be back. So, hmm. Well, that, thank you. Thank you for sending that in. That was, that was interesting. We're always that was interested. wonderful. Speaking of sex, because we always are speaking yes, of sex. Yes, let's hear what Bill has to say. Um, we have a couple of sexy things to talk about. One is um, an interview with Bill, and this was in uh, Esquire magazine. And um, what they do for these little interviews are um, they, they don't print the whole interview. They just pick out pithy quotes. And this is called What I've Learned, William Shatner, and he's credited as actor, recording artist, author, 74, Los Angeles. It was before his birthday. Okay. Um, The thing about this is that the first one is the best one, and then the rest of it is okay, but... (laughs) So the first one is, sex should be a template for your day. You need to start slow and end completely. (laughs) I just so totally adore that. Who else talks about sex like that? What other man talks about sex like Only that? Only Bill. And oh, you my know, God. Driving over here, I was thinking about this. <laughs> thinking about 
that sex is his favorite metaphor. It's his metaphor for life, his oh. metaphor for acting. And it, it, I think the fact that he is such a sexual being mm-hmm. and so sex-driven is in many ways at the core of his effectiveness mm-hmm. as a performer and certainly as Captain Kirk because I, di- I just can't think of any any performance sexually that endures like that does. Uh-huh. I I completely agree. It's it's in everything that he does. Yes. And it's so And he's so dedicated to doing it well, like that quote from yeah. We're No Man that yeah. anything done what is it, excellently or whatever yeah, is, is an, an act, act of sex. sex. Yeah. And that it's so positive. It's always positive. Mm-hmm. And it's always about loving. And finishing completely. And finishing completely. So that means what? They're <gasps> snuggling afterwards? What do you think finishing completely means? Oh, I don't know. I think it, it could mean until she passes out. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking it, it, it definitely means that both of you, or all seven of you, if that's how many people are involved mm-hmm. in a sex act with William Shatner, um, have to be fully satisfied. Yes. And you having a good time, or just your partner having a mm-hmm. good time, that does, that's not it. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I think that that's absolutely right. And and I would imagine that for him, every time you do it, has to have something a little bit different or a little bit new about it. So every time is a special time. But not in a gimmicky way. No, 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 no. But I, 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 I think he probably approaches each one as, as fresh and new yes. and not just going through the motions. Exactly. Yeah. Every time is a learning he experience. Means he, he means it. He means it. Oh. He means it every time. <sighs> So is that enough for this show? (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to go have a cigarette now. (laughs) Okay. I think we need to bottle this as orgasm cream. (laughs) (laughs) So this is funny. I'll make a very obvious joke. One of the other things we wanted to talk about was... um, uh, something that came from this toy shop that's called Toys in Babeland. They have great selection of sex toys there. Mm-hmm. And they send out a newsletter, which is very entertaining. And the headline for their most recent newsletter was, Three Million Orgasms Served! <laughs> sex Toys That Deliver the Goods. And I was just thinking, how many orgasms has William Shatner delivered? More than three million. More. More. Definitely more. I don't know how many, but more. Directly and indirectly. Just billions. Anyway, um... So this, uh, the, the Toys and Babeland site um, says, in honor of Masturbation May, you know, that's right. That's right. May is Masturbation, masturbation month. month. So you should all rush out and honor that. I mean, go buy yourself some new sex toys. And I don't know if it's true this year, but um, at Good Vibrations in recent years, oh, that's right. there has been um, a, a Masturbation-a-thon mm-hmm. where you get friends, family, whatever, to sponsor you. For, I guess, you know, X amount of dollars for each minute that you masturbate on that day. And you do not have to f- provide them with any proof that you do this. Mm-hmm. You just have to tell them, wow, I masturbated for 27 minutes. Okay, they're in for $27 that or something. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to have some fun and do good at the same time, you might want to visit Good Vibrations. Yeah. See if they're running that again this year. And um, I think many, many different um, sex toy websites are having sales during May because it's <gasps> Masturbation Month. So cool. take advantage of that. Well, you know, I'm looking at this, and i got to tell you, every single time I see this sex toy, I find it completely intriguing, and that is the rock chick. I see that, too. Um, it looks like, um, how to describe it? How to do this? Um 
It looks like it's made out of foam, but I guess it's probably made out of plastic, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like a big piece of foam that's cut into a U-shape, is what it looks like Sort of. You know what it sort of looks like, too? What? Some of those neck pillows you wear oh, on the airlines. Oh, it does look like a neck pillow. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to judge the size just from so looking at it. So maybe it's multifunctional. Yeah. So <laughs> they've, uh, they've taken all these sex toys and they've rated them um, uh, just by how many of them they've sold and all the feedback that they've gotten. So, of course, the rabbit pearl is number one. Um, the second one is the rock chick. The third one is the the Leia spot, which I own. You know, in looking at this list, I was realizing that between you and me, we probably own a lot of these things. <laughs> um, then they have the pedal ring, which uh, looks very interesting. It's got a cock ring vibrator on mm-hmm. it. The blossom sleeve. Of course, the Hitachi magic wand, the giant um, pile driver vibrator. The Babeland silver bullet. They also have lube in here. The Blueberry Buzz, a waterproof vibrator. What a concept. Finger Fun, which is pretty much the same idea as the iBuzz. Can I give some people some advice about a, a, a waterproof vibrator? Please. Oh. The Ducky? No, no. Any, any, uh, yeah, I guess the Ducky would work, but I'm really thinking the waterproof vibrating dildos. Uh-huh. If you have a hot tub with floor jets, mm-hmm. you want to kneel over that. <laughs> And use the vibrator. That sounds good. That sounds good. And it, the, the big trick here is if it's an outdoor one, mm-hmm. if you use it in the middle of the night when nobody can see you, you are going to wake the entire neighborhood. <laughs> if you use it in the middle of the day, they can see you and know why you're waking the entire neighborhood. Uh-huh. But, man, it's intense. Wow. Yeah. In, in fact, floor jets by themselves are a really, really well, good Well, a thing. lot of people have um, those sorts of, you know, jacuzzi things in their houses now, people who have slightly nicer houses. But with jets, if it's like a regular size tub, it's uh-huh. really hard to, to kneel in the position you would have to get into to really get the direct force of the jets, mm. because you need to really be able to spread out. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, if you can do it, let me know. Yeah, you know. I was going to say. So, listeners out there, if you have access to such a thing, I'll have to check next time I stay in a deluxe hotel that has that option. Okay. I'll have to try that out. Um, so what else do we have? We have the little flirt, which is um, a butt plug. We have uh, the 7-in-1, the classic wall 7-in-1 vibrator with all the little attachments to it, which was, I, I think that's like most people's first vibrator, that sort of thing. I read yeah. that once, yeah, because it's got all these attachments. Um, the um, Aneros, the Aneros prostate stimulator, the Orchid G, a G-spot vibrator, the Nubby G, the Terra Firma, a strap-on, and then the Ultra Skin, the closest thing to uh, the closest thing to the real thing we've seen in a dildo. Okay, we need to check this out because I just went to a different part of the website, <laughs> and it's got something called Mars plugs. Ooh, ooh, those are cute. They're little butt plugs. That Apparently, and they're very pretty. They are. Um, if you are into your ass or someone <laughs> else's, please treat it with the respect and love it deserves. Courtesy of the Mars Plugs by Enjoy. These are top-of-the-line plugs whose weight you can really feel. You don't have to be a size queen to enjoy serious sensation. They kind of look like those butt plugs that um, I was thinking look like Christmas ornaments. They do. But are they're th- bent a little. Are they made out of metal? They look uh, like they're made out of metal. Uh, stainless steel. Oh, wow. Those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, Masturbation Month. We should probably try to up the sex content a little bit since it is Masturbation Month. Yeah, and we, we never have enough sex in this show. Never, never. <laughs> oh, okay. That's really good. Um, so with all the sex he has, do you think Bill even has time to masturbate? Even if it was for charity? Oh, my God. I You know, I just can't imagine because every time that he would want to have sex, somebody would be, be there to do it. <laughs> When, when is he? When is he without a sexual partner? Never. Never. Just never. Because he's always surrounded by women. Yeah. And or horses. <laughs> and Gregory has infected you with that horrible that doodles comment that totally offended me. <laughs> I don't think Bill needs to masturbate anymore. I really don't. Mm-mm. Well, everything he does is sexual. Yeah. So you know he's talked about that. You know, driving um, the the plane, and you have yeah, the big thing the between stick, your the legs, big stick the stick between, between your, legs. your legs, and and you know the race car and everything else. So really, he's pretty much masturbating all the time. All the time. <laughs> it's 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 constant. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I tell you what, we got a couple more quick. Um, <laughs> Uh, newsy things that we should get out of the way, and then, oh, okay. we, then we have some other fun stuff we're going to do in the next part of the show. So, um, as we all know, and by the time the show is up, um, that movie that he did the voice for, the Over the Hedge movie, will be mm-hmm. out in the theaters, and it's gotten um, some really good press up front. People are saying that it's going to be great, and um, and if I can just put my plug in, yes, um, at Shatner Weekend, we were given some goodies, yeah. and I've been using the Over the Hedge pen. Oh, have you? It's, it's a nice pen. <laughs> Um, let's see. There was an article in Sci-Fi Wire that was talking about how the animators helped do the animation for this movie. Um, and it says that film references, personal habits, and spoofs of their own personalities are some of the things that animate the animal heroes of Over the Hedge. Um, and this is a quote from Bruce Willis. He says, I heard William Shatner doing his Star Trek thing, spoofing his own voice, and I thought it was very funny, and I wished I had something like that to work off of. I think that is so Great. Yep. And he says, I mean, I can't even believe it came across as funny as it did, and none of us ever worked together. So for, you know, Bruce Willis to say that, that's pretty cool. Yep. But I, I love that, that, uh, that he's saying, wow, this guy has this this persona, yeah. you know, as an icon. As an icon. And he, he, he can riff on it. He gets away with it. Uh, let's see. There was another thing saying that Bill is doing a little bit of a cameo in a movie called Fanboys. And this was taken from an interview with uh, an actress named um, Kristen Bell, who was in Veronica Mars. And I don't know anything about fanboys, except Mm-mm. that um, she's in it, and uh, there's a bunch of people who have cameos. Carrie Fisher, Billy Dee Williams, and William Shatner. William Shatner. And maybe George Lucas. They don't even know. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of cool. Bill, always busy. Always, always doing busy. stuff. Do you have the thing I sent you where they were talking to one of the animators from um, Over the Hedge? Uh, I don't think I have it open right now. Okay, hang on. I'll is, get it is open. Is it worth getting open? Yes, because I la, wanted to read a little bit of it. La, la, la. Here it comes. Here la, comes. Okay. La, la, la. Oh, that was the hold music. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Jeff Snow used to march in the Disneyland band. Now he's an animation it man for DreamWorks. He's head of the story department for Over the Hedge, and he had some really fun stuff to say about William Shatner. Yay! Um, let's see. They, they ask him, what makes Over the Hedge different from all the other cute animal computer-generated movies movies? I don't know why movies say twice. He says, 
William Shatner is the voice of an opossum that plays dead all the time. <laughs> and that's all he says. That's the one thing he says sets it apart. And then the question is, Shatner pretends he's roadkill? Exactly. There's an attempted heist where he plays dead in the middle of the road in order to distract everybody as everyone else tries to loot a passing SUV. Now, I've also heard that in this scene where the opossum, played by Bill, fakes his own death, uh-huh. that he's he's doing his Kirk thing and doing the Kirk death scene. <laughs> now, that we, we missed out on seeing that Shatner weekend because it was too late in the day. Right, right. There was a special showing. But anyway, I think that's pretty funny, and I love that the guy says Shatner's in it, you know. That's, that's it. what makes our movie different and better. Oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, cool. Okay, I think that wraps up most of the news. Let's take a little break, and then we're going to come back with some some video fun that we hope you will enjoy. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email, links, and sound files to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook using GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. watching the um the the clips on youtube for the g4 showings of star trek which suck because they're doing all those things but the clips are so wonderful Mm -hmm. and so funny and you really if you haven't seen that on tv you should go to youtube and view them because these are the ones with the star trek dolls Uh and uh there's there's one called star trek cribs Mm -hmm. where spock's taking us on a tour of his house and there's a seg uh uh a version of that that's twice as long called <laughs> the, the director's, director's cut. cut. It's so funny. The voices that, that they have assigned to each of the dolls are just so good. Mm-hmm. They're so very funny. I mean, having Spock talk like he's some, um, you know, in the hood rap Rapper. guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Uhura just sounds like absolute trash, you know. Do it Vulcan style, baby! She does. She definitely <laughs> sounds like Flip Wilson doing Geraldine. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, um... You know, I wanted to just say that YouTube has been getting a tremendous amount of press lately. It was on the front page of the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. It was in the New Yorker. And it's it's definitely the big thing right now. Who knows how long it's going to last. But, um, you know, Google Video launched recently, and, and it has nowhere near as much good stuff as YouTube. Because I'm not sure why. But 
if you search on any subject in YouTube, you get all sorts of results. And of course, we constantly go there and type in Shatner because you just never know what you're going to find. And we found some stuff that we've never seen before. I haven't seen before anyway. So what we thought we'd do was to play a couple of things kind of live and react to it um, because I think it's audio more than visual Mm -hmm. on these sorts of things. So the first one, um, there's a couple clips, and they're from, uh, let's see, the Dinosaur Show, and it's uh, sometime in the 70s. It doesn't have an exact date on this. I don't know if you knew exactly what no, the date I was. But it was when Bill was doing um, lots of game shows and talk shows and things like that as he was attempting to find work. So the description says, uh, a 1970s era, William Shatner goes off on a bizarre, sedated, prose-like tangent on women and men and gender differences, ending it off on informing us um, on what to do with a woman. Okay, wait. Before you play this, I want to talk a, a little bit about the stupidity of that description. Yeah. And because I've seen it perpetuated elsewhere on the internet, they do not have any idea <laughs> what this is. And this, I don't, I don't believe this is on Transform Man, but it's in that same thing where he is pairing, mm-hmm. you know, two diametrically opposed pieces of music, poetry, prose, whatever, and, you uh-huh. know, doing that type of thing. So the the first part of it, I don't know the source, but I know this isn't just Bill Blathering. Uh-huh. And the second part is the song, How to Handle a Woman, from the musical Camelot. Uh-huh. So let's just get that clear All right. from the get-go. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. All right. And he also did this on the Mike Douglas Show, and I have a clip of that. All right. So let's hear it. Where is it written that husbands get $25 lunches and invitations to South America think conferences while wives get Campbell's black pea soup and a trip to the firehouse for the first grade? And where is it written that husbands get to meet beautiful lady lawyers and beautiful lady professors of ancient history and beautiful sculptresses and heiresses and poetesses while wives get to meet the checker with the acne at the Safeway. And where is it written that husbands get a nap in the Super Bowl on Sundays while wives get to help color in the coloring book? And where is it written that husbands get ego gratification, emotional support, and hot tea in bed for ten days when they have the sniffles while wives get to give it to them? And if a wife should finally decide to let him take the shoes to the shoemaker and the children to the pediatrician and the dog to the vet while she takes up something like brain surgery or transcendental meditation. Where is it written that she always has to feel guilty? Every woman since the whole rigmarole began. Do I flatter her? I beg to answer. Do I threaten, cajole, or plead? Do I brood or play the gay romancer? Said he, smiling. No, it's me. 
with the video out of sync, and I've seen it with the video in sync, and okay. it works much better. That's really weird that the video was so far out of sync on this. Yeah. I don't understand what that was all about. Um, so this was not the clip that you saw of him on Mike Douglas? No. So this is different. This is different. And um, the video is really bad, and there's a time code that's slapped right across the middle of it, so who knows where the source actually came from. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But um, that was interesting. I Actually, now that we're sitting here, I might try to do a little Googling and see if I could find the source of that first spoken word thing that he mm. did. That was pretty pretty progressive for uh, the 70s. It, yes. Yeah. And a, a couple things. The, the How to Handle a Woman, it's a really, really good good piece for Bill. First of all, the subject matter, of course. But mm-hmm. secondly, because that was written to be talked mm-hmm. to music. Right. So, you know, that's sort of right right in his, uh, right up his alley. But I also, every time I've watched this, and I've watched it a couple times now, I'm struck by uh, how he does the ending, because everybody else I've ever heard do it says, love her, mm-hmm. love her. And Bill never says that. He says, love her. Mm-hmm. Every single time, <laughs> which is very different and very interesting. He does really well with those spoken word things. Well, and what comes across in in those, but also in some of his his speeches, which people said were so hammy during Trek and everything, and I don't think so at all, but his love of language and his love of the words mm-hmm. and the way, you know, people talk about his pauses and how you can see the word about to come. It always looks to me like he is caressing mm-hmm. the word in his mouth before he speaks it. Uh-huh. I agree. I totally agree. Oh, let's see. I wanted to see if there was something else in here that uh, would be good for us to put on. There's so much stuff. And if you're looking for uh, some of the classic Shatner things that you've heard about, like if you never saw the Rocket Man thing, it's That's on That's on there about a million about times. A million they times. need to stop uploading Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the T.J. Hooker intro, which is pretty funny. Um, there's some live stuff. There's someone who has, um, videotaped off of a television Shatner doing another commercial for another lawyer very recently. <laughs> the generic commercial. Bill Shills. Oh, Bill Shills. The clip from Saturday Night Live where he says, mm-hmm. get a life is on here. The other thing that's on there that I want to talk about is the $20,000 pyramid clip. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for those of you who have never seen it. I'm going to describe what actually happened. Um, He and Leonard were the partners on this game show, and, you know, so they were on for a a full week, five episodes. And in one of the episodes, Bill and his his, uh, partner, not not Leonard, but, you know, the partner he was playing with, got to the pyramid, and they're going through it, and the idea is, within the time limit, to have gotten all the answers. Mm -hmm. And they get to the top of the pyramid. They've only got one more thing to do. And the topic is things that are blessed. So Bill has to name things that are blessed to get the person to say things that are blessed. It's kind of like a weird password. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing out of his mouth is the blessed mother. And so, of <laughs> course, they get, eh, because you can't use the word. Uh-huh. And Bill flips out. And he jumps up and he's going, ah, and he throws the chair. And, you know, it's very funny to just see him totally lose it. Well, that's not what they show on the YouTube one. What they show on YouTube is the next day with Dick Clark, the host, mm-hmm. going, well, you know, I want to show you all 
what happened yesterday. And so they show this clip. Unfortunately, so you do get to see that, which is great, but they don't show what happened right after that, which was, you know, after they showed the clip and everybody's laughing and clapping, Bill goes, but there's one thing I want to say. I just, I I have to say this. It's not that I mind losing. (laughs) And everybody falls apart, especially Leonard Nimoy Uh is just, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And Bill's trying to, and Bill is laughing as hard as anybody because he knows he's full of shit. But he says, but to lose that way. But the whole thing of him, Mr. Competitive, yep, because saying, I don't mind losing. Because we all know that he just doesn't like, like to lose. <laughs> so anyway, if you've never seen the clip, it is a lot of fun. I just wish you got to see the little bit that comes after yeah. that. Because well, maybe somebody that will, to me is the capper. Um, maybe someone will upload it at some point. Now, I also noticed that on here, someone has taken the movie Go Ask Alice mm-hmm. and chopped it into little bite-sized pieces. So you can actually view the whole movie mm-hmm. at YouTube in pieces. And maybe someday we'll take the time to look at some of that. Or maybe just the parts that Bill's in. Yes. Because that would be interesting. I also want to tell everybody there's been a lot of talk about, you know, YouTube now becoming so popular they are attracting attention. And uh, starting to get some flack on how much copyrighted mm-hmm. material is posted here. So if there's something you really want to see and you think it's on YouTube, you better go soon because I believe they are starting to pull things. Yeah, and you can, um, there is a way to save the stuff that you see on YouTube. Um, and if you just do a, a little Google around the web, you'll find out you don't need, like, super special expensive software to do it or anything. There's some shareware that you can get. That'll uh, that'll do it. Um, let's see... Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of people have done sort of mashup stuff where they've taken um, scenes from Star Trek and, and mixed it and mm-hmm. laid some music in back of it. That's sort of interesting. Um, the Commodore commercial, the Vic-20 commercial is on here a couple of times. There's a bunch of trailers. Um, there's a really weird song that I think we talked about before called yes. Warp Factor Love. Uh, there's some Nimoy stuff that's mixed in here. There's some clips from uh, Twilight Zone that's here also. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at some of the stuff that's been spliced together. Some of it's funny. Some of it's just sort of amateur weird thing. One of the things that is funny, and there's a couple of them, so you kind of have to wade through them to find the right one, but people have done, like, animations to his Lucy in the Sky Oh, yeah, Diamond, those are pretty good. And one of them is really, really entertaining, but I can't think which one it is right now. I think it was the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds one, and it's all done in the primary colors. Mm-hmm. It's very candy-colored. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, all right. So, YouTube fun. YouTube is lots of fun. There's always good stuff to be and found. And that is where we put our video, right? Yeah, because we wanted people to see it there. To see all the fun we had at Shatner Weekend. Yes. Oh, so it could feel like they were actually there mm-hmm. with us, with the highs and the lows. Yeah, now if you could only, like through certain parts of it, make sure you're really hungry, really tired, <laughs> and really cold. Really cold, yeah. Then, you know, it would be, you'll have the full experience. It would be just like... Being there with us the whole time. But I'll tell you one of the other benefits of uh, of the Shatner weekend is something I always suspected, but it was really good to find out that we travel well together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That we get we get tired and crappy at the same things. 
Because when you're tired and crabby, the worst thing to be around is an energetic, happy person. Yeah, definitely. And that, you know, the same sort of shitty things like in the hotel really annoyed us. But also that the same things made us really happy. Like, like going beer. To, going to Gordon Beer, <laughs> drinking and, you know, eating eating large portions of good food. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really good. Yes. Yeah. So that was good. That's, that's part of what encourages us that we should do the Vegas trip. <laughs> because Vegas could be really fun. Yeah. I like Las Vegas. Have you been to Las Vegas? I have never been to Vegas, oh. and um, people who know me well who have been there say, you'll hate it. <laughs> you will hate it. Well, and I'm pretty sure I will because I find gambling really boring. Uh-huh. But there's so much other fun stuff to do besides gambling. Well, if it's family-oriented stuff, I'll hate it. No. It's... And if it's strippers, I'll hate no. it. <laughs> so tell me what there is besides gambling, well, strippers, the, and family there, stuff. There's a lot of spectacle to be had in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. And most of it is free because they've put like the interesting stuff on the outside of a lot of the buildings. Yeah. So you can just walk around and see a whole lot of really weird and amazing stuff pretty much for free. Like you're walking down the street. Like if you go in front of that, that hotel, what is it? The Bellagio where they have the fountains set to music. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. Like, well, you see, I'm, I'm thinking stuff like that, the, the whole bigness and garishness of it, I think will kind of creep me out, but we'll, we'll have to see. You have to. And, and that's it. I mean, you have to, when you go to Las Vegas, you have to understand that it is going to be big and garish and that you, you just have to go with that and mm-hmm. not, and not get all hoity toity and be like, well, this place is just in such bad taste. Like, well, that's the point, really. That's, well, really see, that's where I'm going to have the problem. So we'll just see so how you this just, goes. You, you just have to go with it and go, okay, that's the point of Las Vegas is that everything needs to be big and loud and garish and not yeah. make that judgment. You see, to me, that's kind of like really liking Florida because the point of it is to be hot, humid, and buggy. <laughs> but there are things. <laughs> with along. old people who are making eternal left turns. and <laughs> It's but, like, get into it. Get into it. Embrace the experience. No, I can't. I can't. Um, but the things about Las Vegas that are good, besides that, are that um, the food is really cheap, generally, in the hotels, mm-hmm. because they just want to keep people there the whole time. So they have, like, these amazing buffet breakfasts and dinners where you pay, I don't know, some pittance. You can just get lots and lots and lots of food. Free drinks in a lot of places. Even if you're not actually gambling, if they think that you're going to gamble, <laughs> they'll come by and give you free drinks. So free drinks, free entertainment, which is sometimes amusing. You get to see Elvis impersonators. Mm-hmm. And in general, the amenities are pretty good in most of the hotels. Like the rooms are nice. There's big pools. Well, you know what else we got to do when we're there? What? we got to talk to some Elvis impersonators. Oh, I would love and to And what we got to find out is how many of them also do Kirk. <gasps> That's true. That would be a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. We should absolutely do yeah. that. Yeah. So I, Las Vegas is actually, it's pretty good. And, you know, climate control. If it's hot outside, you just walk into it and you're instantly, you know. Frozen. Frozen. So. <laughs> cool. Can't wait. I don't know. <laughs> I like Las Vegas. I think it's it's like, it's really good for about three days. <laughs> Viva uh, yeah. Las Vegas. Okay. Three days. It's great. All right. And, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Not if it goes on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be our podcast from Vegas. A half hour's worth of silence. (laughs) And this is what we did while we were in Las Vegas, you know. Oh, we can't really talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we could talk about No, I guess we can't. (laughs) And we met, well, we better not say that. (laughs) But the food was, oh, I don't (laughs) think we should really... Review the food. <laughs> Something for you all to look forward to. Oh, it'll be fun. Um, I think, did I mention this to you, that um, some friends of mine saw Barbara Babcock in a restaurant in New York? Oh, yeah, you <laughs> told me that. 
I just love it when people that you know, who you sort of know are also Star mm-hmm. Trek fans, come to you with this great news. Guess who I saw in a restaurant in New York? <laughs> it was Barbara Babcock. Remember, she was in the Plato Stepchildren episode. <laughs> And then I, of course, immediately come back with, yeah, and she was in the uh, Taste of Armageddon episode as well. <laughs> when you told me, I said, and she was also the voice of Trillian's <laughs> mother. <laughs> so we're really pathetic. <laughs> it's so funny. That just cracked me up. And you know how people in the real world react to this? I'll tell you. Because um, I was watching Galaxy Quest with my husband, who's not a Trekkie uh-huh. at all, and... He just kind of shakes his head over this whole thing. So we're watching Galaxy Quest, and he says to me, is there, like, a lot of Star Trek references in this? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you see that stuff they're drinking? It's Romulan air. <laughs> and he just looked at me, and then he said, it really scares me that you know this stuff. <laughs> and I think, you know, that is true. The rest of the world is scared of Trekkies. It's true, I know. Because we have this secret specialized knowledge. We do. That I think they suspect it is somehow empowering. Well, it is. I mean, geeks kind of rule the world now, mm-hmm. in a, in a real sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's true. Although um, friends of mine who aren't Trekkies but who understand the devotion and everything, um, upon hearing conversations like this, just sort of laugh and say, "You guys are nuts," but in a really kind mm-hmm. of friendly way. Which well, is and it is fun too when the people who don't, who aren't into Trek, but who, as you say, do understand this, will send you things or tell you about yes. this because they know you'll, yes, you'll love exactly. it. Exactly. They'll say, "I know you like Star Trek, so I thought about you for mm-hmm. this." Um, when my friend told me about Barbara Babcock, I was um, able to snap back with him by telling him about um, Nancy Kovac. And that uh, she still turns up in the society column, you know, mm-hmm. in the San Francisco Chronicle as Nancy Maida, wife of Zubin Maida. Right. Like, yeah, she played Nona. Yeah. That was her. <laughs> William Shatner slept with her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because he slept with all those women. Oh, so funny. So, let's see. Um, we've worked our way through a lot of this. And um, do we have other things that we wanted to talk about? Yes. What? The big gossip. Oh, the big gossip, of course. That was what we were kind of saving for the the end here. So um, we talked a long time ago about um, the rumors about the movie. Because there's always rumors about the movie. But now the rumors are different. <laughs> <laughs> there's new rumors. There's new rumors. Did you want to talk about the new rumors? Sure. The new rumors, and these seem to, parts of them seem to be confirmed is that I believe it's Jay Abrams uh-huh. is going to either produce and or direct and or write a new Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. He is the director of Mission Impossible 3, which is getting pretty panned. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rumor is that this is going to be set at the Academy, the early years of Kirk and Spock. <sighs> <laughs> Doesn't interest me at all. Um, and, of course, all fandom is up in arms with good idea, bad idea. This is what it needs. No, this is what it needs. Mm-hmm. This is what they should do. And uh, I read something that I thought pretty much it made some really good arguments, which um, they were saying, the thing is, if this movie is good, and it's an Academy movie about early years, Kirk and Spock, naturally it will spawn mm-hmm. sequels. And it won't be very long. Before it butts right up against... The series. The series. Yeah. So then what do you do? And also, I think, knowing what's going to happen to them eventually Mm -hmm. will take the edge off. I think that's the sort of thing young Kirk and Spock at the Academy you could do as an episode Mm -hmm. of some kind. Like Mm -hmm. when they did the Picard at the Academy episode. 
But I don't know that it can carry a whole movie. Yeah, I think that's true. And, I mean, you had pointed out when we were discussing this on one of our groups that Spock wasn't actually at the Academy. Well, and it turns out I'm wrong. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. Because I have always thought he wasn't at the Academy, and I was pretty sure that in the episode The Ultimate Computer, Mm -hmm. when, uh, what's his name, Robert Commodore Wesley Wesley. calls Kirk Captain Dunsell. Mm Mm-hmm. I always thought it was Spock who didn't know what that meant and that it was McCoy who told him. Uh-huh. And it turns out that it's McCoy who goes, what's Dunsall? Uh-huh. And Spock says it is a, a Starfleet midshipman term for something that performs no useful mm-hmm. function. But I was sure there was at some point where he said, I never went to Star Trek Academy, Starfleet Academy. And he, of course, he does say in, in the movie that... He never, um, he never did the Kobayashi the Maru. Yeah. So a couple people pointed out that various resources all have him, you know, like the the, the um, Okuda chronology, mm-hmm. have him at the Academy getting there a year before Kirk. Really? And I'm thinking that for me that doesn't, that doesn't jibe with the characters because I don't think Starfleet Academy has 100,000 students. I think you're pretty much aware of who the other students are, even if they aren't in your year. Mm -hmm. And so I think they would have encountered each other. Mm -hmm. And to me, in the early episodes of Trek, their relationship seems so new. They really do seem like strangers getting to know each other, like they really never have encountered Mm -hmm. each other before. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have always thought that Spock went to the Vulcan Academy and got the equivalent of a degree... And then join Starfleet. And in our current military, if you have a college degree and you join the military, you go in as an officer. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably send you to some sort of abbreviated, accelerated military training. But you don't need, you know, four years at the academy. Yeah. I'm also thinking that, like our military, we have an official Air Force Academy. We have an official Army Academy, West Point and everything. But there are other academies Mm -hmm. that do graduate people directly into the military. So maybe he went to a different academy other than the academy. Mm -hmm. That could be. Well, can I tell you what it says here in the official biography at Mm StarTrek.com? Because it's a little weird. Okay. Um, And and we can think about what this might mean. So um, it gives the historical database for Spock, and it gives his year of birth as 2230 which I guess is right. I mean, I don't have my other reference books handy mm-hmm. to do this. And then it says, Education, Star, Starfleet Academy, 2249 to 2253. And that's the same year as Kirk's supposed to have been there. So, first of all, that would have him entering Starfleet Academy when he was 19 years old, which seems a little doubtful for me because because Vulcans are so long-lived, there's some implication that they don't like kind of get on with it till a little bit later in life, mm-hmm. that they go through all the training and all the rest of that stuff. So whatever. But then, get this, so if he enters Starfleet Academy in 2249, it then says in 2252, as a cadet, he's assigned to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So he's only there for three years at the Academy. Right. And then he goes to the Enterprise. Um, and then he is commi- in 2253. He's commissioned as an ensign, and he's still aboard the Enterprise under Pike. Well, in in the in whatever episode it is, it says something like he served for 11 years under Pike. Yeah. And I have always taken that to mean that regardless of 
how close in age Nimoy and Shatner are, which is only a couple days apart, that Spock, again, you point out the Vulcans being so long-lived, um, is significantly older than Kirk, mm-hmm. at least yeah. several years. Yeah. And that whatever his training education was, he was he was serving under Pike at probably at the time Kirk was at the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, here's the other thing. And uh, Did I talk about this on a podcast yet, about the James Bond thing? The James Bond thing. I guess not. You've drawn <laughs> a blank. Um, you know how there have been many people playing James Bond? Yes. And I think they could have gotten away with that if they had established that idea many years ago of having different people play these roles. Mm-hmm. But now, and especially now that we've seen the full arc of these characters, for the most part, except for Spock, we don't know what happened to him after his little Romulan <laughs> adventure, I think that time has passed. Mm-hmm. And I think if Star Trek is, is going to revive, it does need to set the movie or set a new series. And this will be the first movie that's not based on a series. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to set it, like, in the post-Picard timeline. They need to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. This going backwards stuff doesn't work. Prequels don't work. Enterprise didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't work. Did not work. Okay. Here's what it says about Kirk. Just as a point of comparison. It says sexy, sexy. Charm and hotness right there. Okay, good. I'm glad we've established that. Uh, Date of birth, March 22nd. Of course, they gave him Shatner's birthday. Um, 2233. Okay, so three years after Spock. Born three years. So Spock Mm -hmm. is only three years older than him. Um, But entering the Academy in 2250, which is... That overlaps with Spock. It overlaps with Spock. So that's one year after Spock entered. So even though he's three years younger, he only entered one year after him. And, uh... See, I don't... So here it says, education, Starfleet Academy, 2250 to 2254. But in 2250, as a first-year academy student with ensign rank assigned to the USS Republic. So what, he didn't spend any time at the academy? (laughs) Nope. He he got in there, they said, welcome, Mr. Kirk, to Starfleet Academy. Here's your ship. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Here, you're the cabin boy. Here's your peg. And I almost feel like the, the canon of these characters is so complex at this point. That you make it worse if you try to make it all make exactly. sense. You just have to kind of like say, okay, this is my universe and this is the way I'm going to believe that this happened. And mm-hmm. I don't care if it syncs up with anybody else's version. Right. This is going to be my version. Oh, look, $5. Hey, <laughs> magic jacket. I know, that's cool. i got to wear this jacket more often. Really, it just kind of grows money. So anyway, I mean, obviously if they do a movie, I will go see it. If it is a young Kirk, young Spock movie, I'm going to be prepared to, like, cover my eyes and ears and maybe even walk out if it just becomes... The Hardy Boys at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> or, or even just the whole thing is... Okay, you said it, charm and hotness. To me, that is so much the essence of Kirk. And if they put one of these young beefcake actors up there who we're supposed to think is charm and hotness uh-huh. but shows no evidence other than washboard abs... Mm-hmm. No. 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 No, I agree with that. I, I think that's right. I mean, how many, of all the actors that there are working, 
how many could you actually pick that you could imagine growing up to be Captain Kirk that we see in TOS? You know what else I think? I think with the way movies and TV are right now, I think most actors are trained small. Mm -hmm. And they are not... The only way they can play heroics is with explosions. Mm -hmm. They couldn't play heroics the way Kirk played them in the series, which was through the character he portrayed, through the way he carried himself, through these speeches like Risk is Our Business. (laughs) But it wasn't about outrunning a train Mm -hmm. or, you know... Jumping from moving object to other moving object. It, it wasn't that type of thing. It was it was a, a deeper, more internal heroism. Yeah. He also, you know... And, and that's big. That's big acting. I, it's big acting. And his type of hero, I also think, is not the kind of hero that you see in movies these days. It's one of the reasons I don't, like, go to the movies very often is because so many of the heroes that I see in movies are cranky. <laughs> no, they are. I mean... They're the heroes, but they're the anti-heroes because they're yeah. always cranky. They're always pissed off at somebody. They never play by the rules. They're always just sort of disaffected and cranky and, you know, and the, of course the women are always falling all over them. And they're not that that alpha male positive thing that, that Kirk is. And if they chose any of the young actors, I, I think, you know, there are probably very few who could pull off his sort of optimistic brand of mm-hmm. risk is our business, I love life, let's get out there and do it. Yeah. And to have somebody playing him as a teenager all sort of angsty and cranky, that totally doesn't work. Like, what, did he have a personality transplant when he got to be captain of the Enterprise? That doesn't make any yep. sense. Um, somebody on one of the news groups years ago pointed out, and it's always stayed with me, that the thing that appealed to her about Kirk, like from the very early times, first time she saw it, was here was this guy in this incredibly challenging job and facing crisis after crisis and responsible for so much, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. He was having the time of his life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we love him. Yeah. That's why he was he's such an, an enduring character. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, and, and who could have done it but Shatner, right? Who just is out there loving life, mm-hmm. having sex all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and everything he does is sexual. And everything he does is sexual. And everything Captain Kirk does is sexual. Yeah. He loves <sighs> that ship. He does love that ship. And he Rank privilege. <laughs> <laughs> he loves those tight pants that he wears. Oh, he yeah. Jeez. And he loves his captain's chair. Yeah. He loves, he loves his bunk. <laughs> He loves working out in the gym and those yeah. red tights that he gets to wear. He loves walking around without his shirt on because he just took he a can. shower or it got ripped or it fell apart. Or Wouldn't you think that there would be a Starfleet regulation against that? <laughs> what, shirts falling apart? No, just walking around shirtless on the ship. I gotta tell you, I had this idea in my head for a scene with him and, and Brant, the female captain I write about, and I've never been able to... to um, to work it into a story where, uh-huh. you know, they're walking along the corridor of the Enterprise, and he doesn't have his shirt on. And she was a, a starship captain for a while before she joined Special Ops, and she says something to him about him, about it, like, um, I never walked around my <laughs> ship without my shirt on. And he says, well, that's probably why no one ever saluted, you know. <laughs> Just, he's got an answer for everything. But, yeah, somebody, you know... At least look twice. Oh, really? the, the whole crew is like, oh, the captain's got his shirt off, and they just keep going. 
The captain's got his shirt off again. Again. <laughs> you know, in an interview once, and I cannot remember what Bill's answer was, somebody asked him, did you ever turn down an opportunity to take your shirt off? <laughs> and I think he said the thing about, you know, I worked really hard to have that body. Uh-huh. And so, No. <laughs> Never turned And, you know, down. the character in the story absolutely called for it. <laughs> right. I loved having my chest shaved in the morning. <laughs> you know, we got to talk about that sometime and have people vote their favorite ripped shirts. Oh. Uh, not not the shirtless, but ripped shirts. There's a difference. Like shore leave. Shore leave is like the rippedest. The rippedest. Rippedest shirt. You because know, it's fallen off him. I actually think my favorite rippedest shirt, <laughs> I like saying it that way now, is in um, Wear No Man. I was thinking that. Because of the chest hair. Because you yeah. can see the chest hair. Yeah. And because... Um, it's ripped in an interesting way, like yeah. off the top there, and he's all he's got some dirt on him. And it's not as artificially ripped as it is in Shoreleaf, where there is absolutely no reason for his shirt to be ripped. Like he, he <laughs> and, and Finnegan are just like punching the snot out of each other, and and there's no reason for his shirt to be in shreds like that. And as you pointed out, okay, they're fighting, they're fighting. We can see his whole shirt is on, and then cut. The the very next thing they cut to, you know, in editing this, suddenly his shirt is ripped. It's like, okay, well, that, that like, happened while they changed camera angles. Exactly. He just went off, like, in Futurama, and he ripped his own shirt, <laughs> <laughs> and he came back. Okay, I'm ready. Do you know, I had written that in a story for some reason. What, that he, that ripped, he ripped his, his own shirt? shirt? But not, because, <laughs> not for the reasons you're thinking. It was because, you know, he was in a Vulcan environment, it was really hot, and my my charming beta reader, Wildcat, luckily pointed this out, going, oh, I love it, if there's no other reason to expose his chest, he rips his own shirt. Of course, like three years later, Futurama did it, but luckily she oh, pointed out how silly that was. That's so funny. <laughs> That's really funny. What's your favorite? I gotta tell you, not because the the shirt is ripped in such a great way, but I really do love when he just comes onto the bridge and McCoy rips his shirt and gives him an injection. The reason I like that not as much as where Noman is because. Um, the shirt is ripped so you can see his shoulder muscle, and mm-hmm. oh my god, does it look good. I mean, yeah. he clearly was doing, like, um, you know, dumbbell press-ups right before he came on the set to well. do that, because his deltoid muscle is perfect. Perfecto. And there was absolutely no reason for McCoy to rip his shirt. No, because we've seen him do it through clothing before. And he did everybody else on the ship through their clothes, <laughs> except for Kirk. Except for Kirk. <laughs> I'm not saying that's my favorite, but that certainly is a, a memorable rip shirt mm-hmm. moment. But the the two we've been talking about, Shore Leave and Wear No Man, I certainly have a number of screen caps of those in my screensaver. They're awfully good. You know, I'm trying to remember, were there any significant third season rip shirt episodes? It seems like they kind of either had him clothed or shirtless as we got into the third season. I'm thinking of things like The Empath, for example. Where yeah, really shirtless there. Yeah. I'm wondering, does it get ripped in the fight with um, Methuselah? Gar, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Flint? Mr. Flint. I don't think so. Huh. Oh, something I can't remember. that bears well, investigating. Well, I mean, and, and of course, you know, they switched to that different fabric in the third season mm-hmm. for the shirt, so maybe it was harder to rip it and make it look like it was actually... <laughs> and Bill rip. objected strongly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look real. Give me the velour. I like the velour. I want that So bag. do you think... I mean, this is a lot of wardrobe. If he has to have 
shirts ripped in different ways. I mean, it wasn't the same rip every single time. That's right. And like you think about um, a mock time mm-hmm. where it gets sliced oh. across the oh. abdomen. There's a good ripped shirt episode. Yeah, it's got blood. Oh, it's got blood. Oh. But, you know, it's really the nice thing about where no man is, there's both blood and dirt. Yeah, yeah. And we like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, they, they were never able to use that particular rip again. Yeah, that was it. The shirt just went. Yeah. Into, or into someone's closet, more likely. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah. He probably gave it to whatever girl he was doing that week to bring. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, I don't Arlene know Martell. Name. Oh, good, good. You know that. Yeah. I'm sure. There are probably, like, dozens of women in Hollywood who have those shirts as souvenirs mm-hmm. from when they got to, to do them in his dressing room. Yeah. With the Doberman standing guard outside the door. <laughs> Honey, he doesn't bite. He's there to keep other people out. <laughs> not you, not baby. you, not you. Come over here. <laughs> you like this shirt? Oh, it's rich. <laughs> and the thing is, you would also never have like just the one costume. So right. they had to have like duplicates of each of these rip shirts, mm-hmm. and like duplicates of his mirror outfit oh yeah yeah i'm sure yeah, yeah. the mirror outfit yeah. oh yeah <laughs> i think that is like my favorite outfit of his i think so but i think that i read that they only made one pair of boots for the mirror episode because yeah, they were well, so expensive yeah. you know because they were really high and they were also like a totally different design and everything yeah mm-hmm. so those are and then they cheaped out in that episode with spock's costume right by just sort of bending the collar on his dress uniform. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, his dress jacket never fit him. And it, it makes him sort of hunched over and round-shouldered because it, I think it looks like he can't stand up straight in it. But I, it's too tight across the shoulders. I completely agree. And I wonder what happened. Like, did they do that on purpose? Or did they just not have that uniform tailored correctly for him or something? No, I, 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 I You're right. You're absolutely right. It doesn't look very good. And and they didn't do a very good job of placing his sash either. It never mm-hmm. looks quite right. Like it's sitting too high or too low or it's not really where it's supposed to be. Yeah. As opposed to on the other characters where it l- looks really, really good. You know, especially on Kirk. You know, I was noticing in that little clip that, that I showed you, um, the, the place um, where you can go to see the restored Star Trek clips, um, Kurt's Restoration, it's StarTrekHistory.com, just sent out an update because they had some new clips up there. And um, there's a, a shot of Kirk in the Mirror episode, and it's from, it's with the um, the assistant doing the, the clapboard in front mm-hmm. of the camera. And it's just Kirk from the back, and um, there's just something about the way that the sash goes across his lower back like that that really accentuates the fact that he had a pretty small waist, and then mm. there's that butt that's like right yeah. there. And his arms look all big and muscular and all that. I, I, I think that the costume designers must have designed that outfit specifically for him to kind of accentuate his best features. That costume designer had a total hot for him. Definitely. Yeah. Because he looks so good in that. Oh, yeah. And, and another actor would not have looked as good, you know, because Bill does have, mm-hmm. you know, then had, you know, really muscular arms and, you know, a fairly small waist. So the whole design of it really it works for him. His and, body shape. You know, the same is true of Uhura's costume. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, what what a huge favor they were doing her by, by putting her in that yeah that outfit. Yep. She looks incredible. Uh, yeah, and they knew she would. And, and yeah. that's why they, you know, she has that huge scene where she gets to kind of flaunt her body all over the screen. Yeah. Which is just great. I love and that you know, episode. 
Oh, <laughs> me too. And Marlena's costume, that, oh, yeah. that, that blue sort of sheer thing. Oh, my God, that's so gorgeous. And it's such the perfect color with her yeah. coloring, her hair color yeah, and everything. Definitely. <sighs> you know, I meant to tell you that, um, I'm sure you've noticed this, but it, it really is like a, I don't know, not a meme, but it, it's a motif now that in any sort of pop culture, when you want to show something as being the evil twin or from a different universe, it has the goatee. Yes. It's been in South Park. It's been everywhere. Like The South Park thing was so classic that even the dogs and cats from the Mirror Universe yeah. had goatees. I, I just saw it in a comic book. <laughs> that I had So, to- like, Colonel Sanders is the evil chicken guy? <laughs> It was in a totally unexpected place, and there was a little, and it was supposed to be in a different world, and mm-hmm. there was a little character with a goatee, and I was like, ah, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, the, South Park is just such a clever show, and one of the funniest things in that episode with their mirror universe is when the two Cartmans are on screen together, one with the beard and one without, there's a line down the middle, like it's, <laughs> it's badly done split screen. <laughs> love that little attention to detail like that so there you go so that's now pop culture shorthand for for other universes Mm -hmm. is goatee goatee i love it oh i think we should stop talking now okay (laughs) this has just gone into like a million different directions but always valuable always yeah um so if you guys have thoughts about spock at the academy or any of that stuff or the ripidus or the ripidus shirt we could maybe ripidus thank you we could maybe have a little vote on that and people could submit it if you have screen caps of the ripped shirt in question send them in. yes if you can support your argument yes show your work (laughs) work. we want to yeah you know you guys haven't had homework for a while okay this is great here's some homework here's some homework choose your favorite ripped shirt kirk and submit a picture and you don't have to screen cap it yourself. If you can hunt around on the web and find it, that's fine, mm-hmm. too. But we have to have proof as to the, the ripidness, ripidness of it. Okay, I have to talk about some fan stupidity. Oh, please. I don't know why this... Well, this came into my mind because I was thinking, you know, the only thing that could make um, the Helen Noel episode, Dagger the Mind Better, would be a ripped shirt, uh-huh. which there isn't. But on some group, there was the discussion of do you think Captain Kirk is a Christian? <laughs> and here was the evidence to support the argument that he is. He went to that Christmas party. <laughs> well, that does it. I mean, they were checking ID at the door, you know. <laughs> he had to genuflect to get in. <laughs> yeah. So they, they asked people at the door, they said, are you coming to this Christmas party because it's Christmas or because it's Jesus' birthday? <laughs> and you know what else? In the 23rd century, you can't go into a deli if you're not Jewish. <laughs> oh, man. Because he went to the Christmas party. <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you about that one that for is, a long time. Oh, my time. God. That's great. That. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and now I would like to close out this episode by reading this wonderful sig because it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and this came from somebody who posts on Trek BBS and it totally cracked me up. So it says, in the same way that James Bond will never have sex with a woman called Sarah Brown or Jane Smith, you will never have sex with a woman called Anita Good Spanking or Fanny Akimbo. Not even if you wear a bow tie and a dinner suit. 
great. Yep. That's just wonderful. So, words to, to ponder. Yeah, words to live by. So, I think next time around, um, we'll have some new stuff. Oh, tons we'll, of it. We'll probably, we'll, we'll have the Boston Legal Finale to talk about. Absolutely. And uh, we'll probably try to watch some other stuff as well. Maybe we'll even watch one of the things off the um, the cool DVD set that we got. I was thinking that. I really want us to watch the Captain Christopher thing. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, we'll put that on the list. So in the meantime, send us stuff, send us comments, send us information. And please send us your votes for the best um, ripped shirt because we would like to know what you guys think. Yep. Okie dokie. <laughs>